Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 26 of the Kennedy Mile Report podcast. I'm Dennis Kennedy, live from the ABA Tech Show in Chicago. And I'm Tom Mile. Tom, they've let us loose from the Legal Talk Network studios today, and we're live on the floor of the ABA Tech Show. Tell, tell the audience what we have in store today. That's right. We're going to let, uh, let you hear from other people rather than from us this episode, and we've been scouring the, the halls and the floors to find great tech show speakers, and so we're going to start out with a couple of interviews today. Let's go first with Dennis and Natalie Kelly. Natalie's been involved in legal technology for many years, 10 years as director of uh, practice management program for the, the Georgia State Bar. Uh, Natalie, what keeps you coming to ABA Tech Show? I think that this particular show is probably the premier place to be. If you're interested at all in technology and, and are part of the legal industry, this is a place that you really, really want to be. Um, I continue to come back. The educational sessions are top-notch. The vendors and access um, to national, international vendors is just unsur- it's unsurpassable in other venues, and so you really want to be here. You know, I think that probably one of the best things going in legal technology, but probably underappreciated, is the, is the PMA program that a lot of state bars are doing now. Can you tell us a little bit of the history of that and some of the things that the PMAs do for lawyers involving technology? Absolutely. Um, the PMA, or Practice Management Advisor, is a, really a position more so than and a role that um, individuals who do what I do um, have in various state bar associations and, and law societies. Um, and what we help lawyers with is any aspect of the business side of their practices. And so from that standpoint, with uh, being able to, to run a business nowadays absolutely requires technology and acumen in, on technologies. And in our field, we focus in on uh, helping lawyers both understand what technologies are available to them, what technology best meets their needs in their particular practice situations. Um, many of us have resources where we actually do training, as in my case, um, where we actually go into law firms and help with technology concerns. Um, but there is a, a plethora of, of ways that we assist with that, whether it's just taking a phone call to say, this is the fax machine you want to get, or the scanner that you want to try out, <laughs> um, as the case were. So how many lawyers do you help out in the average Um, That's a great question. In fact, um, we we keep very close statistics in my program, and over a span of about six months, we'll help over 3,500 of our members. We have 40,000 members in Georgia, and in that number of contacts come in various forms, but most recently, most of it's by email, as you you might imagine. Um, We do a lot of email work. Well, Natalie, I know that you've been uh, in this field for about 10 years or so. What are the biggest changes you've seen over the past years with the way lawyers use technology? The onset of the Internet over the past 10 years um, and the, 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 the lawyer having to go to email and that new form of communication and now being able to reassess whether or not the Internet is a space that they want to put their practice and how do they put their practice there, that's, ha- that's playing a huge role, I think, in, in a lot of the things that, that are going on, not only in our state, but for the, for the individuals here at the show. I think we're really looking for those particular answers um, and, and which ways do we, we work with 
um, the internet and web and, and where all of that's going. And so that's been pretty interesting over the last few years. So lawyers are less afraid of the internet now? or? I would say that lawyers still tend to be uh, very, very cautious um, about the internet. However, we I think they now realize that it's going no, it's not going to go away, and you have to deal with uh, what environment actually is good for their practices. I still, you know, I have this little little thing where I say you can park your car in the secured garage downtown with guard dogs and, and security guards, or you can park it in your garage at home. And where do you feel most comfortable? And so sometimes. I make that analogy, and I think lawyers sometimes still still tend to feel more comfortable with a car parked in the garage outside at their home. So it's 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 one of those those challenges I think um, that when it comes down to the internet. Now, has the the economy played a big part in the in the questions you've got asked, or the amount of help that you've had to give in the last year or Absolutely. so? Absolutely, I think when you're talking particularly about not necessarily technology issues, but definitely we've had a huge huge um, impact on the transition. And there have really been a lot of new big solos. There are those individuals who've left big firm practice, starting their own practices. There are a lot of unemployed um, members in our state. We've had to do a lot of work with members who are not able to find or either not employed or underemployed. Um, and so we've had to have some focus around those. And then you also have firms who are, who are, who are you know, really, really struggling with financial management issues. And so you're looking at changes and shifts in the way that law firms are billing and, and all of those types of, uh, of things. And so there definitely has been a huge impact played in, upon law firms in this unprecedented economic time that we're living in. Yeah, I know that there's so many things that you can you can help lawyers with. So what are the probably, say, one or two best tips that you can give lawyers today? I know that you're speaking here, but what, what are, if you had to tell lawyers one or two things you really hope that they remembered and took with them, what would they? What would those things be? I think right now there's still, while there is attention paid to information and managing information, but if you're not backing up every day, that seems so passe, but you're just now getting to the point where lawyers are really focusing in on that. But being smart about how you do that both online um, and asking the right questions of vendors and finding yourself in the right space, that's one thing. And to also focus on leveraging technology. If you're going to use technology in your practice, then learn how to use more than just a few clicks of a button in Word or whatever, PowerPoint or whatever your product or service is or solution is. Really, really focus in on leveraging that um, to your benefit for both productivity's sake, efficiency's sake, um, and just to improve your practice in that way. So those are two um, general things to really, I think, focus in on from the business side of the practice when you're talking about technology. Next up, Tom talks to Judge Herbert Dixon. Judge Herbert Dixon, welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you, Tom. Good to be here. Tell us a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and, uh, and how long you've been coming to Tech Show. Well, I'm a judge, Superior Court of the District of Columbia. I tell folks I've been there for over 20 years. I'll leave it at that, over 20 years. Uh, I've been coming to Tech Show about eight years. And when I first saw Tech Show, I just thought of it as a fantastic opportunity. And I started needling the chair of the Tech Show Planning Board about making more opportunities for judges. And at some point, he told me, all right, put up. Well, and, Here you, I am. and you've been putting up. I mean, you, you and I work together on the Tech Show board, and, and I know that one of your passions has been getting judges more involved in technology. But really, that, my question is, don't judges just have to sit from the bench and row? I mean, they don't have to be involved in technology. Why is it so important that judges you know, be, have it, get the same education on technology as lawyers? 
Well, believe it or not, judges and lawyers, they occupy the same range of personalities. There will be some judges who will encourage technology, and believe it or not, yep. the lawyers will follow suit. Uh, there will be some judges who resist technology. I mean, one of my colleagues, his VCR still blinks 12, you know, so he's... I know a lot of those judges. <laughs> and, and, and it's up to one force or the other to push technology because technology can increase the efficiency of a trial, increase the understanding of the fact finder, be it the jury or, or, or the judge, and can make things move a lot faster and come out with a much better result. So, Judge, if you had to talk to some judges who are here at Tech Show or who might want to come to Tech Show, what would be the two or three different types of technologies that judges really need to know about to operate effectively in their courtroom? The, the judge absolutely needs to see some of the courtroom technology efforts that are going on, the type of technology that is used in the courtroom to tell the story more efficiently, to tell the story more effectively. Because once that's seen, I think that will naturally draw the judge in a, a lot better. But the, the other areas of, of technology, for instance, we are now involved in electronic discovery. That mm -hmm. is a major it's undertaking huge. at this it time. Is. And judges are being forced to learn about it because all of our records are being kept electronically. Even the court's records are being kept electronically now. So it's affecting them whether they're presiding on a case before it or whether they're having to deal it in their back office? Absolutely. Right. Not only that, your banks are keeping your records electronically. You, you don't get your paper canceled checks anymore. So it's a fact of life we all have to recognize. Absolutely. So let's turn it around to the other side of the bench. What advice would you give to lawyers uh, and, and the technology that they need to learn to use to be able to operate effectively in the courtroom and not raise the, the ire of the judge? Well, first of all, they have to be aware, they need to be aware that they can tell their story much more effectively with technology, be it storyboarding, PowerPoint, being it animations, uh, just being it a document presentation. They can tell their story much more efficiently. And... They will find some judges who will be resistant, but they'll find some judges who will be encouraging. The courtroom does not have to be fit out itself initially with technology. Someone brought the concept to me recently of a Radio Shack courtroom. That is, instead of a document camera, they're using a 10 megapixel camera with a tripod attached to a laptop and they brought their own projector. There, you go. So there are many ways to use technology even if the courtroom is not set up. Uh, in some courtrooms, however, uh, the technology will be there. I've been blessed in the District of Columbia because uh, the chief judge has allowed me to be a, a prototype. And we are bringing in all sorts of technology and I'm constantly pushing the lawyers to use it. Wow. Great advice for lawyers and judges. Judge Dixon, thanks for joining us. Tom, it's my pleasure and I'll see you next year at Tech Show. <laughs> next up, Dennis talks to one of our good friends, Rodney Dow. Thanks, Tom. This is Dennis Kennedy on the floor of ABA Tech Show with Rodney Dow, who does uh, our sister podcast, The Unbillable Hour. But I know, Rodney, that's not all you do. Can you tell people what you do in your day job? Yes, thanks. I'm the director of the Law Office Management Assistance Program in Massachusetts, which is a nonprofit uh, corporation that is, provides free and confidential uh, business consulting for attorneys in Massachusetts. And so you're part of uh, what I call the PMA movement, the sort of practice management advisor movement, and you're not with the state bar, so you're a little different than some. Could you tell, some, maybe a little more detail, some of the things you do for lawyers and how people can use you? Yeah, we, we are actually probably one of the few PMA 
uh, programs that's outside of the um, state bar association or a local bar association. But like all the other practice management advisors, what we do is we work with attorneys, mostly solo and small firm attorneys, on trying to implement better business practices. And there's a very strong focus within that on using technology to try to improve efficiency, uh, make better business decisions. But we also work with attorneys on time management issues, uh, client selection issues, documenting uh, what they need to be done, what they need to do, make sure they're getting their uh, docket deadlines, and even as simple things as reinforcing to them that they need to return their tele telephone calls to their clients. Well, and then about how many lawyers do you help in the, in the average year? Well, we help, we, we, on an average year, we have approximately uh, 200 new clients, and there's two people in my office, so that's about 100 apiece. Uh, and they're actual clients that we provide, you know, more than like a 15-minute consult for. They're clients that we have uh, more lengthy in, in, uh, consults with, dealing with specific business practices or specific technology clients. Uh, so, and often we'll actually go to attorneys' offices and help them deal with uh, workflow issues, client selection issues, and simple technology issues. And then, what's, what have you seen from, from the economy? What kind of impact has that had? Is it, in, has that spiked up the number of, of, of attorneys using your services? And, and what are they asking about? Yeah, we uh, have seen a significant spike. And really, it's kind of two places. Um, and it's, there's, first, uh, there's the layoffs from law firms, both you know, large law firms and medium-sized law firms. And so we have had a large spike in attorneys who are practice, you know, opening up their own practice for the first time. And even though they're really great attorneys, they've never actually done the business side of practice before. So they come to us and we help them uh, get started, very basic stuff. And then we've also seen the spike in uh, attorneys starting their practices right out of law school. And that's obviously a huge challenge for those attorneys. And we're providing significant services to those attorneys, too. And then kind of the third area that, are, that we really have seen a spike in is just attorneys whose income have dropped uh, significantly. And I've heard of a lot of attorneys I'm working with are 40 to 50% down off of previous years. Uh, so we're talking to them about ways to improve their uh, efficiency, ways to market more effectively, uh, sometimes, you know, where to, what markets to look for to try to increase their client base. And it seems, uh, Rodney, some of the things that you do, I think, are really forward-looking and, and maybe push us to maybe the next generation of practice. And I know here at Tech Show, you're, you're speaking on the notion of virtual law firm and, and uh, some of the cloud computing and, and some of the newer ways lawyers might use the Internet. When does this catch out some of the ideas that you have for lawyers or some of the things we're seeing now? Well, right. I think, you know, for, especially for attorneys who are starting their law practice and they need to keep their costs down, they don't want to have a, an actual office space, maybe uh, they want to work out of their house. The, the cloud is, that we speak of, so, you know, keeping the materials and the tools on the Internet provides them the ability to go out, to work from home, uh, not have all that money into equipment and, and the law office, and still if, uh, uh, effectively practice it with today's tools. So, you know, we're talking to attorneys about uh, cloud-based practice management systems, which we think a practice management system is critical, and there's some great new practice management tools out there that we'll be talking about in our, our presentation, tools for a, a law office in the cloud. Uh, 
and you know we're talking to them about how to create extra nets and how to do payroll uh, all in the cloud so they don't have to have large IT costs uh, and they can transfer those costs and the uh, headaches of trying to upkeep uh, technology to people that are experts and existing out in the cloud. And it seems like in the past, lawyers used to be really afraid of some of these ideas and even afraid of the Internet. Uh, are, are they more receptive or have they moved from afraid to just wary or, or is there some real excitement about some well, of Well, you know, there is some real excitement. And, you know, I think it's with all uh, uh, businesses. There's certainly people who are still afraid of technology. You know, they, I go into their office and they won't maybe have even turned on their computer. Uh, in 10 years. And then you have the folks that are, you know, uh, very gung-ho and forward-thinking. I have one attorney I've talked to recently who is he's a solo practitioner and he's got an extra net and he's uh, actually uh, using uh, uh, people in India to do uh, stuff overnight so he'll have it ready in the evening. So there's people that are really embracing the technology. So we see some people who are really excited about it. And, uh, you know, concepts like paperless office really have people excited because they don't want to deal with the paper overload and stuff. But a lot of times they just don't have the basic knowledge. And that's where we and other consultants obviously come in to help them move forward in an effective and efficient manner. Okay, well, based on what you've seen over the years doing this, what are the sort of top one or two things that you would, you would tell lawyers about technology today? Well, you know, I think, I mean, just on a general level, I think it's to embrace technology because if you embrace it, it can truly make you much more efficient uh, and much more effective and just make more money. Uh, it will give you the sense of security so you're not waking up in the middle of the night. Uh, so that's the first thing. It's just an overarching thing. And then secondly, and the thing I want attorneys to do, and I think is absolutely critical for the same reasons, is to embrace a case management system. And whether it's sitting on your computer or is in the cloud or, you know, even if it's on a calendar, do something where you have ticklers, you have a docket system, you know what your deadlines are, and you keep track of them. Well, Rodney, it's been great getting the chance to talk to you, and uh, we don't see each other at the, the Legal Talk Network okay. studios very often, no. but uh, it's great uh, that you could... Uh, Join us on the Kennedy Mile Report podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right, great. All right. Coming up, Paul Unger, incoming chair of Tech Show 2011. I've been coming to Tech Show now since about 20 years now. And um, I, uh, I started coming to Tech Show primarily because of the, the uh, vendor hall, the expo hall. And uh, it was a great way to become familiar with incoming upcoming technology and software. So it's been a long time, and uh, I've been on the board for three years and looking forward to being chair next year. So what do you do in your day job when you're not working on Tech Show? Uh, how do you help folks with legal technology? I spend about 90% 90 90 of my time in the courtroom helping attorneys tell their stories better through the use of technology. Well, as, as a member of this year's Tech Show board, uh, you're responsible for talking about and setting up an agenda of sessions. What are, in your opinion, the hot topics that lawyers are going to be listening to, hearing about, and learning about this year? No doubt this year the hot topics are computing in the cloud and social networking, and paperless practice is always wildly popular. And we would expect similar results next year as well. 
you know, the, the programming here is always so fantastic, but that's really only part of what makes Tech Show a great show. We're standing here in the vendor hall. There's a lot of people walking from booth to booth. I, I really think this is where a lot of the energy in the show happens. Do you agree? There's, there's no doubt. Um, you know, as I said before, I've been coming to Tech Show for 20 years, and, and the expo hall was the reason I, I first came to Tech Show. And then I discovered the, the programming. I mean, we have 19 substantive tracks on, on technology, which and the CLE is, is unprecedented. It's fantastic. It beats every other tech show out there. You know, I think if we look at this vendor hall, one of the things that makes it a, a draw for lawyers is that you've got it all in one place. You don't have to call up different vendors to learn about different things. You can walk down the aisle and see... Uh, three or four different case management vendors, uh, three or four other, other types of re research vendors. Is that the, the draw of the vendor hall? Is yeah, that you can, if you're thinking about case management, if you're thinking about document management, if you're thinking about using technology in the courtroom, you can come here and you can see and see demonstrations and talk to the vendors and, and do all of your research in, in one afternoon. So, Paul, I understand that next year is a big year in Tech Show's history. Please tell us a little bit about next year and what the plans are. Well, next year is the 25th anniversary of Tech Show, and uh, we have a fantastic program coming up next year. Uh, we're going to bring in past chairs and do some, some really fun events uh, and, and make it a nice brouhaha. Excellent. Sounds like I cannot wait for it. Paul, thanks for joining us on the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you. Next, we have a great interview between Dennis and Ernie Svensson, also known as Ernie the Attorney. Hi, this is Jack Newton, and I'm the co-founder and president of Clio. Clio is a completely web-based solution for managing your practice, time and billing, and collaborating with clients online. We're proud to support the Kennedy Mile Report and are offering KMR viewers and subscribers a free trial and 25% discount on Clio. You can sign up for Clio at www.goclio.com, that's goclio.com, and use promotional code KMR. Now back to Dennis and Tom with their tech show coverage on the Kennedy Mile Report. Are you interested in sponsoring in-house legal or other programs on the Legal Talk Network? We'd love to have you on board. Contact our sales department today at 781-551-9960. It's the office calling again. Don't answer it. Why not? I'm listening to Legal Talk Network podcasts to get my CLE credit in West Legal Ed Center. Oh, yeah. I need to do that too. Where do I find them? It's easy. Just go to LegalTalkNetwork.com and pick a program for CLE, click on it, and start listening. Or go to WestLegalEdCenter.com and choose from any of the Legal Talk Network programs available for CLE. That's perfect. The office can wait. Thanks, Tom. This is Dennis Kennedy on the floor of ABA Tech Show with Ernest Fenson, better known as Ernie, the attorney, probably one of the first and definitely a, a pioneering and very influential blogger. Ernie, I know you've kind of moved to, you still blog, but you've moved, I think, more deeply into technology than you might have predicted even a few years ago. And uh, you're really known on the Macintosh side and especially paperless office and really techniques that solos can use. So. What's sort of hot in those areas, and, and what are some of the things that you're going to be talking about in your sessions? Um, well, the sessions I'm doing are, you know, one's the paperless session on uh, 
advanced techniques in developing a paperless habit with Narina Petro, and the other one is advanced acrobat. And both of those are topics near and dear to my heart because I think that a lot of the um, challenge of becoming paperless isn't so much about the technology, because it, it used to be about the technology, but it's a lot easier to find the right tools now. It's a question of are you willing to commit and follow through on using the tools? And you know, the process of becoming paperless really is a process of shedding one habit, the paper habit, and then acquiring another one, which is the paperless habit, um, which doesn't necessarily mean completely devoid of paper, but it means you know, cutting down on your paper usage. Well, the experts like to say it takes at least 21 days to break an old habit and, and uh, learn a new one, but right. I suspect it takes a little longer on paperless. But what are you finding that, how, how well are people able to make that change? I know I, you've done really well. Yeah, well, I started in 2000 when it was still a tech challenge, but I had a friend who was in the scanning business and he helped me. Um, but I would say that I've seen people actually do it in 21 days, but those are people who already have the tech skills and they just need to know, well, what scanner do I get? And show me a few tips, and they just gravitate. Now, those are rare people. Uh, but for most people, I would say, if you're by yourself, it could take a couple of months. And it's, it's not that it's going to take you a couple of months to work, learn how to work the scanner. You can learn how to do that pretty quickly. It's just going to take you a couple of months to remember to do things like, oh, every time I'm sending it out, I need to remember to capture that to PDF, uh, because the outgoing stuff matters, too. It's not just the mail that I get. So you kind of have to learn to pay attention to all the various inputs and outputs, and just that becomes a habit that you don't think about, you just do. So that, it might take a couple of months to, to get to that point. Yeah, and I think you're right, the technology has changed in a way. I know there's uh, you know, definitely one scanner a lot of people recommend, but I think people are surprised at how fast they are now oh, yeah. and how easy they are to, to use. You and I had a conversation a little earlier today about outsourcing scanning and how even for an individual, that might be an option with both paper and, and oh, pictures. Oh yeah, no, I, I don't scan everything myself. I mean, I have the, I have the, I'm a solo and I have the Fujitsu Scan Snap, which I recommend to everybody. Um, but I mean, if I get two boxes of documents, I'm not gonna sit there and scan that stuff in. There are people that do that, you know, what I would do for cheaper than I would do, and I pass the cost on to my client, which is, you know, something I have to do anyway. And they do a good job, they QC it, and I get it back as a PDF, and then I do what I gotta do. But I'm not gonna sit there and scan two boxes of paper, that's ridiculous. But it's cheap now. You, like when I started, it was you wouldn't send it out because it costs more to scan something than to, to, to create a copy. Now it's cheaper probably than creating a copy, or if it's the same, you know, it doesn't matter. And, and you know, I also were talking about just cleaning out your basement of paper and pictures, and you had a great idea about uh, what you've done with scanning old pictures. Yeah, so there's a company called Scan Cafe. There's, there's several companies, but Scan Cafe is the one I used. And there are a lot of companies, not a lot, three or four like this. This is the one that a lot of people seem to recommend. But you just take all your old photos, put them in a box, you, they, they give you a label, you print the label, you put it on the box, you ship it to them, you tell them how many you have, you think you have, you pay for half the cost of scanning all of them. You're not gonna have to buy them all. And then they return them to you six weeks later, the originals, and then the, um, the digital copies are on the web, you download them, and then you can pick and choose the ones you want. And I think it gets you over that, see, it gets you over that hump of, oh, I'm gonna get to my pictures, and I'm gonna do this and that, and I'm gonna curate them, and I'm gonna tag them. No, you're not gonna do any of that stuff. Just send it away, get it scanned. Now it's at least protected if you have a flood or whatever. And then you can, you know, go by uh, and, and curate them and put them in the folders or do whatever you wanna do with them. But it's that first step that people have trouble, which I had trouble with too. So it's like, there's a service that does that, cool, I'll pay, it was like a thousand photos, and you pay a hundred bucks or something like that. 
it's easy. So Arnie, you've made a transition, I guess, from being known as a blogger to somebody who's known for a whole variety of things in technology, from Macintosh to paperless office, uh, to, to all the technology a lawyer can use as, as a solo. Uh, can you give some of your best tips and hints of, of what you've learned over the years? You know, I always tell people, just try it. It's a tool, you know? You don't have to stick with it if you don't like it. Um, you know, you don't have to say what everybody else is saying if you don't want to Twitter about, you know, that you're having whatever for food, you know, that kind of stuff. Just do whatever you want to do with it that feels comfortable for you. It's a tool. You can use it the way you want to, and you can decide you don't want to use it, or you can use it for a little while and then leave it alone and come back to it. It doesn't have to be done one way, and I think people tend to see blogging as whatever they know blogging to be because they read one or two blogs or they follow Twitter a little bit and they think they know what it is but they don't really get it. And all these tools, you have to play with them and then when you play with them you start to figure out how you can use it for your benefit. And that's that's really the tip. Just try it. If you don't like it, then you know, yeah, use I really it. Yeah, I think people get in a box because one thing I loved during the Super Bowl season was how much I learned about the, the real sense of importance of the Saints to New Orleans just from, from following your blog and you on Twitter, right. especially during the, the games. Right, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I tended, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty uh, frustrating at times when the Saints weren't doing well, but they pulled it out in the end, so it was all good. Okay, well, Ernie, I know you got to run to a, yeah. to a presentation, but thanks for joining us on the Kennedy Mile Th Report podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure, as always. Same here. Thanks for having me. Bye. All right. Take care. Next, Tom visits with our good friend, Jim Calloway. Jim Calloway, welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report. Thank you. I'm excited to be interviewed. Tell us a little bit about, tell our listeners a little bit, about who you are and why you're a tech show. How long have you been coming to the show? Well, I uh, am what's called a practice management advisor. My official title is director of the management assistance program for the Oklahoma Bar Association. We're a member benefit, and we help our members with management consulting and technology advice. And I'd have to count to be sure, but it's either my 10th or 11th tech show. You've been coming for a long time. Uh, as a practice management advisor, you're helping out lawyers deal with all sorts of practice management issues, finance, marketing, technology. When we're, we're here at tech shows, so we're talking mostly about technology, what are some of the big issues that the lawyers that you serve and that you work with have in terms of technology? Well, uh, one of the calls I frequently get is lawyers who want to get away from manual processes like billing and improve with uh, more, more technology-oriented processes like uh, automated processes. Uh, often I have to direct them to uh, case management software, which is uh, one of my uh, uh, things that I think lawyers should do to manage their information in the firm. You've been coming to Tech Show for 10 years, so we have a lot of lawyers who come to the show every year, but there's still many lawyers who don't really see the value, who don't come all the way to Chicago for a technology conference. What would you say to someone who hasn't come to Tech Show? What would be the, the overriding reason for them to, to come out and, and join us here in Chicago? Well, I think that it's important for us to recognize that a lot of the things we do really involves the processing of information, managing our clients' information, managing lots of data, even though lawyers haven't called it uh, data per se. And so as the world changes and information technology changes and uh, all the world reinvents itself several times, lawyers have to be on top of how they manage their information to compete. If you're doing a task in an hour that your competition can do in three clicks and 10 seconds, you're going to be in trouble in a competitive business, mar business marketplace. Absolutely. So I always notice at Tech Show that you are always one of the best tipsters around. You always give the good 
solid, short, easy to remember tips that people can immediately start to use. And that's what we're big on at the Kennedy Mall Report. So what, what's your favorite technology tip that you're going to be telling uh, attendees about this year at Tech Show? Well, I think the ability to have all of your information on your phone. I've recently uh, been a belatedly converted to the iPhone. Welcome. And the fact that I have uh, my complete calendar, email, all of those functions where I can do them, it makes me be more efficient. Uh, sometimes I'll sit at home and pull out the iPhone and won't even really read email, but just delete a few spams or file things just to save time. And I think that we're going to see that platform really grow, not just the iPhone, but other smartphones. Uh, so I think lawyers need to be aware of if you can't, you know, if somebody meets you in the uh, local supermarket and wants to schedule an appointment in your office, you got to be able to pull out your phone and do that. Great tip, Jim. Thanks for being on the Kennedy Mall Report. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Tom, I got to say it's great to be back at Tech Show again this year. Uh, it's it's a favorite spot for us, and it's been also great to include some of our friends and the speakers here at the show to share some of their best information with us. You're absolutely right, Dennis. I think one of the things that our guests told us, and, and really the theme that they said, is that Tech shows for everybody. Anybody can come here no matter what your level of experience or what type of lawyer or legal profession you happen to be and, and get something out of it. So if you haven't been to Tech Show, really consider it. Listen to what our, our guests had to say and, and really try to make that a priority. Tom, let's go to our parting shots. That's our one tip or idea that our audience can use right away after they've listened to the show. Do you want to lead us off? Absolutely. I have a tech show parting shot. Uh, our 60 Sites in 60 Minutes is a the final closing session of tech show where our speakers will show you useful, helpful, and sometimes ridiculous websites uh, in, all in 60 minutes. After the show, we post those to the 60 Sites Hall of Fame. It's a great resource for learning about new, useful, or just fun sites, and it'll be short, up shortly after the show. I encourage you to go look for it at techshow.com and look for 60 Sites Hall of Fame. Dennis. Tom, I, I just want to go with the whole technology show idea and putting one on your calendar. I, it's really amazing how much you can learn in this intensive experience over a couple of days, and especially what you learn, I think, is the practical applications and the successes that, that lawyers actually have with technology, and you can take that back with you. So whether it's ABA Tech Show or one of the other big tech shows, or one of the state's solo and small firm conferences, which have great technology content. I think putting one on your calendar in the next year or two is, is a very smart idea. Completely agree. Well, that does it for this episode of the Kennedy Mall Report. Links to the things we talked about in the episode, as well as how to contact us on email or in Twitter, uh, will be available on the show notes wiki, which is at uh, tkmreport.com. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can find us at the Legal Talk Network or in iTunes. And if you have a question or a suggestion for an upcoming episode, email us at tkmreport at gmail.com. So until the next episode, I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report podcast on the Legal Talk Network. Make us your prime resource for learning about technology. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book, The Lawyer's Guide to Collaboration Tools and Technologies, Smart Ways to Work Together, from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, only on the Legal Talk Network.